Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! about dicks in the mix you got the desk not telling you where it's at Stephen gord oh my lord bowing down to bone bat podcasting your asses in nerdy massive classes speak the speak of the geek to all the internet masses take your glasses off the set i'm dropping bombs on your dome in your home pull your bootstraps up it's time to burn chrome dirty jokes from the nerdy blokes chewing on them kirby loads of that quirky counterculture wrapped up in their wordy show b-movie holy men wombat metalhead politics amen independent artist friends renaissance casters of the full fan spectrum nonchalant notables break through the bedlam of bullshit quick wit crickets of the populace Vulcan with some romulus rolling prime like optimus switch on just another day and I'm doing fine just another day and I'm doing fine neither bad or good and I'm doing fine I for real don't have the will in me to keep my switch on just another day just another day pencils looking heavy and the journal is too thoughts bouncing through my brain yet there's nothing I could do shifting in my seat can't decide so I freeze please make the rushing stop so I get some relief even with the quiet that to do Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode 167 of the Bone Bad Show. This is Steve. This is Gord. How's it going, man? Oh man, it it has been a long time. It is summertime. It is hot. 
We are back. It is hot as balls, man. It is balls hot. And I'm sticking I'm to my thing. chair and not I'm in a good way. I'm sticking to your chair. No. <laughs> God. Yeah, it, I hate putting on headphones when there's when my ears are wet. Yeah, that's that's because not... I, I like jumped in the pool right before we're doing this podcast to try to cool off, and now now I've got I've like trapped in moisture in my ears with these headphones. Mm. You're I know, probably not... going to get a yeast infection or something. Oh, super. <laughs> So, but it is good to be back, and it is uh, good to be back during summertime. I just went on vacation, you know. Yeah, yeah, you did. I did not do that. Yeah, I stayed you... home and worked. You know what pisses me off, Gord? What? When you're planning on going on vacation, and you get the trailer ready, we've got a little pop-up trailer, and uh, put new tires on it, got the registration updated, it's all ready to go to Tope in the Mountains, I fixed it, I had a brake light that was faulty, I fixed that, get it all ready to go. We pop it up to check it out, and it turns out that over the winter, the roof had rotted through because there was a leaky seal in the ceiling vent. And so it was like a disgusted black mold mess in the roof of the trailer. And so I've got like six days before we're going to go to completely remove the ceiling and replace it. Like, talk about stress I did not need. And... Man, that totally pisses me off. Why can't things just work? Things never work. That's just not the way of things. Uh, I tell you. You're, you know, that mold is probably toxic and you're probably going to die. Well, we removed it. We wore face masks and got it out of there and vacuumed it out and uh, scrubbed it off the ceiling with mold killer and replaced all the ceiling boards with new boards. And I was, I was sure we used like liquid nails because there's nothing, you know, the ceiling of a trailer is like aluminum, styrofoam insulation and nothing. There's nothing to <laughs> nail to. And so like we used liquid nails to put the boards up and the next morning when we came out, they had fallen off. Oh, you need to turn the trailer upside down. If you're exactly. Do that. So, so I had like broom, every broom, shovel, trekking pole we owned. <laughs> like this lattice work of supports holding the boards on the ceiling. And goddamn, if by the time we got to Mount Rainier, it didn't actually work. Everything stayed up. I was amazed. And everything stayed sealed? Yes, everything stayed sealed. It was oh, fine. Was so the trailer good. was like a tramp. Champ. Blech. Like, not a tramp. The, per se. the trailer was like a tramp. But it accommodated yeah, all it of you. It performed like time. a champ. So it was, it was all right at the end of the day. You know, some people name their trailers like they name a boat. Yeah. <laughs> Is your trailer named like like Road Tramp or something? No, no, no name for it. But uh, okay. you know, I, I have to say another thing that pisses me off, dude. I am scared silly of windy mountain roads pulling a trailer. Like I was white knuckling that steering wheel so hard. Like there's no rail and it's just a cliff. And you're swinging this, you know, 1,600 pounds of trailer back and forth behind your car. <laughs> and there's something about that that is just like ultimate pucker factor for me. I would like to think that by this age I would have more balls. No, I was terrified the whole time that something was going to go sideways. It didn't, but I was still terrified. That totally you know, pisses me off. as a country boy, I'm surprised that you don't have that within your genes to just be able to do that. You would think cold bud light down between your legs and drive that thing down the road yeah no no i I, it was it it was giving me the heebie-jeebies yeah i'm genetically predisposed not to be able to drive the trailer (laughs) you you witnessed what happens when i try i i broke our geometry teacher's trailer trying to back it up like physically 
tore the metal of the trailer. Yeah, I'm just terrible at it. I, there's there's a better chance of me slam dunking than there is of successfully pulling a trailer. Yeah, backing up a trailer is like no, one that's of the a, greatest. That's it's like one of the greatest mind fucks possible because you have to turn the direction you want to turn, but you're looking backward. So it's like, wait, what? It's like it's like driving in a funhouse mirror. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you need to bend time and space and divide by zero or something. It's it's fuck. It's impossible. It I don't actually impossible. think anyone really has backed up a trailer. You ever I, notice you see trailers backed up all the way, but you never actually watch it happen? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's not easy. I'll tell you that. Jesus, what well, pisses well, I'm you? I'm glad on. you survived. You know what pisses me off, Steve? What sugar gliders? Sugar, how, sugar. Why would a why would a cute little vermin rodent sugar glider piss you off? Okay, first of all, because they're not even a real thing. Someone, one of my alleged friends on Facebook, posted a picture. Oh, I'm feeding, I'm feeding my my girlfriend sugar gliders. Bullshit. Those are chipmunks. It was. I know what a chipmunk. It was clearly like. a Patagonian toothfish. <laughs> yes. Sugar gliders are not real. It's a made up thing. They like, got an agent. They were did some rebranding. Like the Chilean sea bass, yeah. Yes. Come on, get serious. Don't try to pull that shit on me. Do not try to convince me that there's Does it taste like honey? No. Does it fly? No. It's a it, it's a goddamn chipmunk, okay? You've got a you've got a pine rat and you're feeding it. <laughs> pine rat. <laughs> Yeah, that's what pisses me off. Don't make shit up like that. Because you can't charge 150 bucks for a pine rat. That's right. People don't buy it. It's like when... I, here's the thing. Back in the day, if you got a fur coat and it was made out of coyote, they called it like Arctic brush wolf or some shit. It was coyote. It was not <laughs> anything else. But no one's going to pay money for coyote, so it became Arctic brush wolf. You know, that's Same funny idea. because uh, somebody else was angered about bad label marketing recently but uh i i guess we'll come across that later <laughs> i suppose we will you know speaking of animals you know what else pisses me off is What's i that? i was fostering we're doing an animal centric thing here i was fostering these kittens and they're very cute and i'd, I'd work with this organization before where so does that you, mean that you're you're well versed in kitten husbandry i'm getting there let me tell you if you if you got a lonely little kitten Never mind. Anyway, this Tours, organization masking tape. <laughs> Shave them first, folks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> They're supposed to like supply us with, you know, we we keep the kittens, but they give us the food, and they like take them and spay, neuter them, they fix them, they chip them, they give them the vaccinations, and then. And then when they get like a little bit bigger and they're all fixed and everything, they boop, they go off to get adopted to the forever homes. Somehow the organization has just sort of crumbled around the edges and we're not getting food, we're not getting litter, we're not getting communication, and most importantly, we're not getting these cute little kittens fixed. These cute tiny little kittens are now like these giant polecats lurking around my house with these huge pendulous hairy balls that are most (laughs) definitely not supposed to be there. And all I have is like a contact on the other end of a text that rarely gets answered. Like, so, uh, when are you guys going to chop the balls off these cats? (laughs) 
I'm afraid I may have adopted two gigantic cats that I'm going to end up like having to fix myself or possibly subcontracting it to a veterinarian. It's beginning to piss me off. Wow. That's, that's, that's what's pissing me off. That's quite a tale. It is a cat tale, if you will. So if you'd like to adopt a kitten, please reach out. <laughs> if you'd like to adopt a kitten, go somewhere else, because all he has are these large teenage cats with huge pendulous <laughs> balls. They'll eat your fucking face. <laughs> with mighty testicles. Yes, I've named them Testicles and Schwing. <laughs> well, speaking of our music tonight. Yes. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what kind of a segue is that? That's a perfect segue. Because everyone knows about Bill Beats Balls. <laughs> tonight on the show, we've been listening to the music of Shubzilla and Bill Beats from Boomers Volume 2, their brand new release on Noir Grime Records. Uh, we opened the show with the song Doing Fine, and uh, we're going to hear a little bit more throughout the show, as well as an interview with the musicians themselves. So uh, you can look forward to that right about now. Why don't we listen to another song, dude? Do it! All right, this is called Can't Afford to Quit from Boomers Volume 2. <laughs> and shine have a bit of breakfast pick a sweet fit out my little stash of dresses racing time i'm stressing and i forgot to mention when it comes to paper pushing i get mad aggressive hustle half an hour away via bullet train then to the bar with a bitty and a make it rain i got skill with the mic but let's face it white collar days got me living hella basic grab a hoe and stab him with the pennies on my checks with i'm a motherfucking lady i won't take a shit Run to the battle, bitch, scrum, getting lit Got a meeting every hour and I'm feeling so legit Take a seat, ho, why you barking at my wall? LinkedIn so fresh, but your skill is small Tell it to your lunch friends, give them the embellishment A cog in the machine, suck a dick in this establishment Overworked, underpaid, I need you to know That my health benefits process too slow My hourly wage ain't at all worth shit I hate what I do, but I can't afford to quit Can't afford to quit, cause my rent's overdue to my team every day I wake up with a sense of wonder and adventure Fuck okay. it. On the weekday, spread sheets like butter. Send a new report, not bitch, not another. Every minute, every hour, client want a front. Like he can't pay more, he a petty ass cunt. I ain't got the time getting high with my crew. Gonna snatch him by the mug, pour their coffee out to boot. So think twice to be lying and shuffle all your work. On my desk, EOD, catch a slack of trying to lurk. Bustin' my way, chugging beer at the bar. Turn up on a Tuesday, 8 a.m. start. Fitted at a meeting, PM, come find me. Shading while I'm greeting all these humdrum whiteies. Corporate wanna jump on this, my resume's enticing. But I know them hoes will go about reorganizing. One, then another, team, I'm about to get the cut. The budget run dry, unemployment up the butt. Overworked, underpaid, I need you to know that my health benefits process too slow. My hourly wage ain't at all worth shit. I hate what I do, but I can't afford to quit. Can't afford to quit, cause my rent's overdue. Can't afford to quit, I got student loans too. Can't afford to quit, is this all I can do? I can't afford to quit, but I need something new. All right. 
right, once again, that was Can't Afford to Quit from Boomers Volume 2, Noir Grime Records. And joining us now on the show once again, the one and only Shubzilla, along with Bill Beats. How you guys doing tonight? We are well. Very well. Thanks so much for coming back to the Bone Bad Show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for inviting us back. (laughs) Well, we had to. I mean, you had another volume of Boomers just hit. Indeed. uh, a whole brand new slate of songs, and uh, we wanted to talk about that. I was listening to it on the way to work yesterday, and man, if that CD doesn't make you want to kick some ass when you get to work. <laughs> very angry. There's there's a lot of anger issues going on in the CD. It's, it's very cathartic. It's you very know, cathartic. Yeah, it seems to be. It's like you're, you're covering all the things. Hey, that motherfucker just cut me off. Oh, wait, she's talking about that right now. She's in my yeah. head. The number one thing that pisses people off that they talk about on our show is traffic related. And, and then there you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Boomer's Volume 2 is definitely the one where in writing it and all that stuff, I, I was encouraged to be a lot more candid with the things I write about. So I did. <laughs> was candid um, <laughs> to it's a great fanfare and whatever but traffic is just one of those things where I don't care what genre of music you enjoy or not enjoy we can all agree there's that one hoe on the freeway that doesn't want to use his turn signal for whatever reason and that hoe has a space in hell for them <laughs> and that song is a celebration of when that hoe dies and eventually <laughs> like goes to traffic hell where he will hear nothing but the traffic turn signal for the rest of his goddamn eternity. I don't know. I have a story. I have a story for that. So. Please. Well, well, you oh, know, we're going to come back to that. We're going to come oh. back to that. So, <laughs> What's are, that you, the are you finding it easier to be more candid now, like four albums in? Yes, I am. Because um, a lot of the early stuff is like, okay, well, you know, I, I want to say this, but I don't know, and whatever. And I'm too old for that shit now. I'm tired, <laughs> okay? Like, there's no there's no time for pussyfooting around things when I have things to say. Um, so, bless Bill Beats for, for um, empowering me to be honest with our audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I wonder about, like, the, the Bone Bat Show listeners who heard you all the way back like the first time we interviewed you and we were playing like hello kitty swag and baby steps and then like to hear boomers volume two that's almost going to give a listener whiplash if they don't know what came in between (laughs) i don't think something came in between should should we have like provided like a content warning or a trigger warning like this whole show is a trigger warning yeah like content warning like you know the audience is already prepped they're already yeah like our 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 fan base is like, okay, well, you know, Shubs is going to be angry. She's going to roll around on the floor and possibly ugly cry. This might be the show. Bill Beats does his thing, and he's incredibly skilled at turntablism and making sure she doesn't fall apart. So <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a whole thing. Well, speaking yeah. of that, uh, Bill Beats, uh, of course, you yeah. can, in between the missives of rage, you have the movements, you, which you continued from Boomer's Volume 1. So it kind of gives you an opportunity to do these audio sculptures, which are really cool. Yeah. How does the inspiration come for these little snippets of interesting sounds? Um, so it's kind of just to kind of set the landscape for the record as we're moving through. And also just so it's not just songs, you know, like 
most people release records with just songs and they don't really ever tell a story outside of that so kind of the goal with it you know the first one obviously was just to kind of fill it second one it was like okay how do we expand on that um and kind of as we go i think that will kind of start to bloom into something much bigger Mm -hmm. so currently right now nobody really knows where it's going but we have a good idea as to where it's going so so it will continue we'll put it that way Okay, mystery. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. say it's a it's a little more focused. Then are you finding that the lyrical treatment is doing that too, Shubs? Yes. Sorry, I'm like smoking hookah in my office while we're having this interview, and you caught me mid inhale. I forgive you. Um, my bad. <laughs> I'm sorry to interview okay. you during your hookah session. My apologies. Gosh. Yeah. No, How the- dare you? But um. In terms of like how um, the writing kind of is congruent with the with the instrumentation, a lot of times, um, and this goes back to even how we've done Volume One and Dinner Movie and a bunch of our other stuff through the Vocalist Producer Challenge. Um, but anytime Bill Beats would, um, you know, kick an instro my way, like I'll ask him, "Okay, do you have a specific focus in mind?" Usually not. There are a couple of things. Um, there are a couple of things this um, EP where he did, and then from there I'll just write what comes to mind and whatever the theme is. So I think. Um, I mean, I think the two exceptions were definitely "Can't Afford to Quit" and "Broken Glass," mm-hmm. but there are there are other ones too, and I can't I can't remember. But yeah, we kind of we did it a little bit different with this one too. I think you know as we're making music we're trying to learn new ways to bounce off of each other and figure out you know what works Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead of just doing the same thing that everybody's used to us already doing so kind of one of the one of the things that we went into this is i would give her a beat that was not completed so it was you know six or seven layers of instrumentation Mm -hmm. but no drops no structure to it and it was and i just kind of gave that to her and i said okay right and then you figure out the structure, and then we'll put it together at the end. So, you know, kind of sculpting the beat to what she writes, um, as well as just kind of giving her the option to not be stuck in a, you know, pattern that I created. It's a pattern that she can create and kind of go from there. So with, no, I wouldn't say all of the beats were like that, but we had like two or three beats, I think, that were just just a beat for six minutes, and I told her, just write whatever you want to write, and then we'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it into place as we go. So um, so that was very different. We would never done that before. That's uh, interesting. It's, it seems like a very organic approach, almost like a game to, okay, yeah. you know, how, how can I use this, this different format or these different sounds to bounce my unique thing off of it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and from like a producer standpoint, it's really easy to get stuck in like a this is how this structure is, you know, very much all right, we'll start with an intro and then there's a verse and then a chorus and then a verse and then a chorus and that's the song. You know what I mean? Every song. (laughs) (laughs) And then maybe a bridge, right? So that's the common. So um, with, you know, letting somebody else convey that how that plans out it kind of changes how i look at it as well so it kind of opened up for me to be like oh well maybe i can add this little bit here because this doesn't do what i would normally do here so Uh i can add some little things here and there and just kind of let her go into that as well you know from a again from a producer standpoint you're you kind of as you build it you tend to build the same Mm -hmm. so letting her do it from a not producer standpoint being like okay well i'm going to structure it this way because 
she doesn't look at it the same way I might look at it. I think it built that organic sound a little bit more, and it's not as much chorus hook verse chorus hook. <laughs> right, no. yeah. The standard yeah. template. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think there's one song on there where it's like eight-bar verses, like half the length of a verse. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so there's more hooks on it, uh-huh. and then short verses, um, which you normally don't hear very often. Well... Some, I guess in mainstream they tend to do that a lot, but yeah. we did it in a different way that I think uh, it conveys really well in the crowd. Like, the crowd doesn't get bored with it right away. So, mm-hmm. Not with a song like Alabaster, which is what we did with that song. <laughs> <laughs> nice. A question just occurred to me. Bill, how is it different, since you're in two cool bands, how is it different yeah. working with Shubs versus working with Death Star? Uh, <laughs> I would say well, that... you get a lot more done with Shubzilla. <laughs> <laughs> I would think. <laughs> um, I think the dynamic's a little bit different. Um, with Death Star, you know, it's... I'm working with Death Star, but at the same time, they kind of already have a game plan set in place. Because mm-hmm. they like to get together, they like to write their music, they like to pick out the beats, and then I kind of fill in the other beats. And then... They pretty much already have thing, everything concepted out. Um, with them, you know, like maybe one or two songs, I, I'll throw out a concept and we'll take that with it. But for the most part, it's, they've already kind of concepted everything. So with me and Shubs, it's uh, more of a back and forth. Like we'll communicate what we're thinking. I will throw out as many ideas as I can just to give her and then let her take it from there and make changes and do what she wants to do. Um and vice versa. Sometimes you'll throw me an idea and say, hey, I want to make this song. How do we make a beat for that? So um, I feel like I would, maybe control is not the right word, but more creative outlet from my side, I would say, with this project. Mm-hmm. More collaborative? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nice. Now, since actually Boomers 1 came out, Shubs, you guys have had some pretty cool touring adventures. Why don't you tell our listeners uh, some of the stuff that you guys have been up to? Oh, wow. It's been (laughs) such an adventure. So um, the year started off with us being at MAGFest. So we are on the main stage for that. In D.C. In D.C. Right outside of D.C. Yeah. And then we were also at South by Southwest. And this was um, Bill Beats' first year um, going through. But this is my second year. And we were both on the official, like, Nerdcore show. And so, then, so what was that like? Does South by Southwest feel like the big leagues? Is it just gigantic? It's kind of terrifying. <laughs> uh, we've had weird connects from it, I would say, where people will reach out that were like, who are you? And it's probably because they saw us on a list at South by. Mm-hmm. It, it's weird. Like being on the website is uh, helpful, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> just having your name on their website is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think... I think South by is huge for for us, definitely. Um, I kind of wish that we were at South by 10 years ago when South by was really crazy for local mm-hmm. or for little artists. But at the same time, I think it's a great spot for us to be. And I we definitely want to go back as soon as possible. Yeah. And maybe just every year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm down. Austin has delicious food. So yeah. for that alone, I will go. Um, but, <laughs> sure. but yeah, like, I mean, Bill Beats and I... Are like we we're still doing nerdy music, and I suppose like like in the writing part, like I will um I will reference 
you know, like different nerdy shit and whether or not people get it, I don't care. Um, <laughs> just buy my <laughs> shit. It's fine. You can get it later. Um, but, you know, we're at the point where we do a lot more independent themed things than mm. just like, I guess, classic nerdcore. You don't see my air quotes, but that's happening. <laughs> um, so to be in a space like South by Southwest, we're, we're not just with the nerd music family, but we're also rubbing elbows with different artists is a great thing because there are so many other like styles of hip hop that we identify with. And it's and nerdcore is just uh, like a like an aspect of that, just another adjective mm-hmm. yeah. of what else we um, of what else we offer our repertoire, if you will. <laughs> Do you find yeah. that inspirational that you play with different types of musicians in a, a scenario like that? Does that give you some kind of creative juice that you can push into your next project? I think so. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, to be around so many creatives with so many different perspectives and points of view and styles and approaches to how they do their music, of mm-hmm. course that's going to happen just because I mean, you feed off of you feed off of that creativity and you you throw it back. It's like it's like a mama feeding a baby it's like a mama bird feeding a baby bird. You know, <laughs> except all y'all are mama birds. Yeah, we're all mama birds. We're all the baby. Y'all got birds, your beaks in each other's beaks. That's yep. Maybe a horrifying metaphor. Musical nest. It is a it is a horrifying metaphor. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the vibe is there for collaboration and creation and all that stuff, and so it's we come we come home like pumped to do the next thing and yeah. with a zillion ideas you know and it's all very exciting even if we only get like maybe five of those like ideas out of a hundred those ideas came from you know south by or from magfest or from touring you mm. know like yeah. those things came from those like these awesome experiences of us getting out there and like spreading the gospel that is noir grind mm-hmm. yeah you know and that's yeah, that's very exciting. I wanted to ugly cry so many times. <laughs> yeah, the connects are crazy. Just, I mean, South by alone, the connections are crazy. Just yes. the people you run into, but um, even with the we we went on two little like West Coast tours, so just down to California and back up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first time we went, the very last show that we played, which I think was in LA. Yeah. Um, we played with this like six or eight person like kind of jazz funk band. Really? That sounds and cool. They like, yeah, and they, like, pulled us up. Like, we were with Kadesh Flow, and, you know, he plays mm-hmm. trombone. So they pulled him up, and then I, my turntables were still up there, so they pulled me up to just DJ over what they were doing, like, scratching and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was, like, the perfect... I, did you get on stage? You, I did. I think yeah. you got up there and started rhyming a little bit. Like, yeah, I got up it there was, with, uh, I think, Megaran and made a made a quarter note hook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like you right. do. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was yep. it just crazy. I mean, <laughs> things that you would never expect to ever do, especially in a hip-hop group. Yeah. Um, but you realize that, you know, people like to just jam out. And yeah. so it's kind of fun to run into these different people. And then you become friends with them on Facebook. And then, you know, hopefully the next time you're down there, you see them. I think we ran into one of the guys mm-hmm. from that group. Um, and then the other group that I fell in love with at South By was uh, Super Soul Brothers. 
not that I didn't already love their music, but mm-hmm. it was like actually mm-hmm. hanging out with them. It's like, okay, these guys are super cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And even where we were staying while we were at South by this year, it was with a bunch of like other like rappers and artists and such. So, I mean, eventually like ciphers happened and all that and people are rapping a rocket league or some <laughs> shenanery. <laughs> yeah. Like I think this was so before much rocket league. so much rocket league. Um, <laughs> I'm an Overwatch girl, so I'm just kind of like, well, that's the thing. Um, yeah, I was but, I was amazed well, that we could get you away from Overwatch for the night to do this interview. <laughs> What's funny? So about that, right? What happened was, um, so I got home and I'm like, okay, I got some time, right? And yeah, I saw a friend of mine online playing Overwatch, so I went in. We had a blast, and then Bill Beats is at the door, and I'm like oh shit, like the match has started. So I got, I was able to get in one match. Okay. Um, but yes, but yes, it was, it was nice. I'm trying, I'm trying to convert Bill Beats to one day play Overwatch. It would the, be so the much Overwatch fun. was, was next level once I got here. No, it wasn't. Was that. it really? Oh, well, cause I walked in and, and Aaron was playing in the living room. So I went to go say hi to him and he's just deep in the game and he just looks at me and then just looks back at the TV and I was like, all right. (laughs) See, I acknowledged you. Um, But yeah, so Aaron or Triple Aaron, um, who has, he's he's a budding YouTube um, content creator. Uh, Like we have two Xboxes at House Blaylax. So there's one outside and there's one here in my office slash beat laboratory slash crying room slash guest room. Um, yeah, so so um, I was playing a separate game, and Bill Beats walks in, and that's what the house is doing. So, so nice. got that in, and like we're able to set up really quick. So excellent. I can multitask. There you go. All right. Well, uh, another question I wanted to ask, uh, Bill Beats. You know, just today Gordon was mentioning that uh, one of your jams from. Bill Beats for President Volume 1 had popped up on his playlist. And, uh, it's true. We were both wondering about Volume 2, man. When is that going to drop? <laughs> I see you can um, pay for it, but you can't yeah. actually listen to it. This is true, yeah. Um, I think it's getting really close. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's been in a close state for a while, to be honest, but it's. Uh, I moved, and that kind of threw me off as far as just my room sounded different. So my mixing, I wasn't confident in what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So by finishing Boomer's Volume 2, that really kind of boosted my confidence of like, okay, maybe things do, don't sound as bad as I'm thinking they sound after I've done mixing them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You guys can tell me, did Boomer's Volume 2 sound good? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Okay, well, then cool. Good. If it sounded good, then, then I'm, maybe I'm starting to get there. So now I can, I think, finish my record. Um I'm, I'm waiting on like one verse that is a local person and I just need to call them and tell them to come over. So <laughs> once I have that, then I can mix and master everything and release it. Um, so soon, hopefully. All right. <laughs> so and what's what's next for you for the rest of the summer, Shubs? Are you guys going to do some more touring or what are the, the plans in the near future? I know PAX is coming up, so you probably have a show yeah. circling around that, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's in the planning stages right now. I'm not. I know who is coming through, but I will not share that information quite yet because one, I'm leaving you in suspense, and two, my phone is like it's within reach of me, but I don't want to extend my arm. Um, 
the Snoop Dogg coming? Yes. The, the Nerdcore Showcase? Snoop or? is going yeah. to be playing the Nerdcore <laughs> Showcase. Um, <laughs> but yes, so we'll be at PAX, um, or at least our PAX adjacent showcase. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I, will... One quick second. I got to say, it was so cool uh-huh. to see Megaran last year on the big stage, but to, when you popped up at the end, NPC Collective in the house, that was totally fun. That was one Yay. of the highlights of the entire PAX. I thought it was fucking great. So congratulations, oh, and thank, thank you, you for the awesome time, because we had so much fun watching. <laughs> thank you. Oh, it was, oh, last year was a hoot. So <laughs> we're going we're gonna to bring the heat again. Um, but let's see here. In two weeks, um, I'm going to Santa Clara for PAX West, and I'm going to be on a panel with a friend of mine whose name is Keen of All Podcasts Matter. And we are going to to just share some share some wise words on how to make nerdy events and conventions more inclusive. And um, tea might be served. I might wear my church hat. <laughs> I might yell at somebody, but it's all from a place of love. Are you going to be drinking tea and yelling at somebody? Yes. Is your pinky going to be out? Of course. Okay. Good. Are you going to yell tea out your nose? No. <laughs> I might be vulgar and a chain smoker, but, sir, I'm still a lady. <laughs> Got it. It's that rare, that rare mix of congeniality and lethality that you like to find. Exactly. There you go. See? I mean. <laughs> make, sure, make sure you enjoy all the plastic uh, straws while you're in California. That's oh, key. Oh, God. Get as much plastic as you can. I thought. While you can. I was at a restaurant tonight, though, and I saw that they had plastic straws. So I was, maybe they haven't. They I haven't. I saw some the other day in Seattle. Oh, so okay. It's, they're not gone completely. Okay, because I know I know there are folks in our um, in our community that do need those those disposable straws. I don't know the yeah. whole story, but I do know that those are needed still. Yeah. So. I was tempted to grab all the straws that I saw and throw them on the ground and just say, "What is this?" Restaurant owner. (laughs) (laughs) Unacceptable. Oh my god! Then could we? I'm going straight to yell. Oh my god! Yes. (laughs) Amazing. All right. Well, uh, one last question. As you're aware, we always ask our guests on the Bone Bass Show, but you know, in this case, it might be redundant after listening to Boomers Volume Two. Shut, Bill Beats. What pisses you off? Okay, so. There's a lot, of course. I'm historically known for the anger. Um, I will say one thing that that irritates me is that Campbell's and Chef Boyardee have not, like, collabed on <laughs> their food. Pro- Here's why. Because, like, yesterday I was craving for some Chef Boyardee ravioli, right? And I yelled at the internet. I was like, look, I'm, not, like, I'm craving some Chef Boyardee unless you're going to roll through and come over two cans. Shut the fuck up. Um, no one rolled through with two cans. I was very sad and disappointed. Um, but Momzilla came through today and she, she bought me such things. But as we were traversing through the aisle where the prepared foods are... Um, I like was ready to grab a can of SpaghettiOs and my mom goes, no, that's the wrong brand. And I like gasped. I was literally like in the aisle and there was like a mother and like her children and like an, like an elderly couple. And I'm like, Oh, what? 
and you know, Chef Boyardee has since come out with their own version of SpaghettiOs. Fine. They nearly fooled me. I nearly like spent like a few more quarters, like when I thought this was gonna be four for five dollars for the whole damn row. You know, they could have had something magical there, but instead <laughs> they chose to remain adversaries. And you know who suffers? Me. The consumer. And everybody else, but yeah. me. <laughs> Not like, just I, the consumer, one specific consumer, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was really upset. But then I got over it because there are four cans of, like, Chef Boyardee in my cupboard right now. So, Momzilla saved countless lives today. People don't even know. It could have been a national or even an international tragedy, depending on what time I woke up this morning. <laughs> thank you, Momzilla. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, thank you, Mom. But, but yeah, that's what pisses me off. Just, like, the, the deceiving labeling of things. <laughs> but, yeah, so <laughs> that's what has been pissing me off lately. Wow. How about you, Bill? Oh, so my recent <coughs> grinding Excuse of me. gears is uh, Seattle restaurants mm. that flash fire cook things, which is cool, right? You know, that real quick, done in two minutes cooking, right? Like searing which tuna, is, like that type of thing? Or what, what uh, do you mean this exactly? This place was like a something box. It was just like different ethnicities thrown in a box, pretty much. It was like Thai food and Chinese food. It was a little bit everything. Okay. And they threw it in a little Chinese box, a little to-go box, and they uh -huh. hit you with that, and you're like, all right, cool, I'll try this. They cook it real fast, uh -huh. which is which is fine. But the issue that I found is that all of the flavor is at the very top. <laughs> so you eat a little bit, and you're like, this is not bad. I, I'd get this again. And then the deeper you get, the flavor just starts disappearing. <laughs> And it was very upsetting. That, that's the thing that was upsetting. This is the same place I had plastic straws still. So, you know. I'm upset for you that that was your experience. Because, like, I, okay, so I cook. And I cook for an entire army of, like, grown-ass people, right? So when I hear stories of, like, especially when it's, like, Asian food, like, of folks being like, this was disappointing, I just get mad. I'm just like, you know, fuck that. We're all going to go back to House Flaylack. I'm going to make some lumpia or some bunset or whatever. Everyone's going to sit the fuck down. We're all going to eat this quietly. Um, you know. It's true. It's true so, story. So, you know. We all just sit silently and eat. Just <laughs> eating in silence, in awkward silence. Until... Chef has a gun for some reason. It's weird. I don't, I don't know. It is. But, you know, everyone's used to it by now. Triple <laughs> A Ron knew what he married. Um... <laughs> And everyone just goes along for the ride in hopes that I don't one day snap. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you again for joining us on the show. Uh, once again, where can our listeners find your stuff? Uh, multiple spots. Uh, Noirgrime.com. It's mm -hmm. kind of the hub of everything that we do mm -hmm. um, as far as Noirgrime goes. Okay. Um, if you go to Noirgrime.bandcamp.com, you can buy our record. And then if you're a terrible person that only streams records, you can go to Spotify or iTunes or Napster mm -hmm. or uh, Jay-Z's streaming service. LimeWire is still a thing. That's a thing. Sure. ShareBear. Oh, you know, we're Sharebear, there. Yeah. We're there. Wow. We're That's out amazing. there. 
I had no idea. <laughs> I don't know, Prodigy. We're on Prodigy. Angel Fire. Angel Fire. Angel, <laughs> Fire. Angel Fire. Oh my God. <laughs> We're on all of those, all of those classics and relics of the internet. You'll find Shubzilla and Bill. Yeah, Beats. you know, Google Drive. You just Google send us ten dollars. We'll yeah. Google Drive it to you. Oh yeah, gotcha. of course. Yeah. That's what I like. My customer service. Was- yeah. <laughs> Aren't you a nice note about how nice your shirt is today? We don't know what your shirt looks like, but sure, it's nice. Sure, it's lovely. Yeah, it's, it's nice. nice. It fits you well. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, why don't you guys, as we close the interview, why don't you tell us a little bit about this next song? I think we hinted at it early in the interview. Yeah. Ah, Broken Glass. Well, if you drive or have ridden in a car or any vehicle, uh, this song is for you. It is a, ta- is a cautionary tale of what happens when you decide not to use your turn signal and you cut off the wrong person. <laughs> Do you say this is based on a true story? I can confirm nor deny if this is true. <laughs> I mean, it, it may be a true story from yesterday, to be honest, even though it came out a few months ago. Yeah, I mean, you know... <laughs> I mean, jury's out, but it's a um, daily true story. It, it you know, it really is. Like any time <laughs> I'm in a car, right? And like, it's just it's the turn signal. It really is. But that's what sets it off. So yes, broken glass for those of you that have road rage and need somebody to just shout it out with. You have us. Oh, come the fuck on! Are you kidding me? You're not even in the carpool lane. Get the fuck out of my goddamn face. Yeah. Yes, you. Fuck you. Yeah. Ah. Nah. 
You think that I should let it go? Hell nah. You think that I should let it go? Hell nah. You think that I should let it go? Broken glass everywhere. Broken glass everywhere. Broken glass everywhere. People wrecking up the streets, you know they just don't care. Broken glass everywhere. Broken glass everywhere. Broken glass everywhere. People wrecking up the streets, you know they just don't care. Shubzilla and Bill Beats, and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, that was Broken Glass from Shubzilla and Bill Beats. Thank you again for joining us on the show. Once again, you can find their stuff at noirgrime.bandcamp.com. Pop over there, throw them a few bucks. They would love that from you. They would, they would love you more if you threw over more than a few bucks. They would appreciate the, the support, is what I'm saying. Money can buy you love. That's what I'm saying. Dude, you want to talk a little multimedia triage? It's been a minute, so I'm certain you've uh, ingested some medias. A little bit of medias. Not a lot that I'm going to talk about, though, because really? a lot of it was really mainstreamy or just not good, and so I don't feel like talking about it. But okay, Fair. I tried to go. I tried to go see this movie about a guy's father's trans sister. It was Aunt Man. Turned out to be Ant Man, and it was totally different. <laughs> I really reached for that joke. You worked I'm sorry. so hard on that. And it really was not worth it at your, all. Your notes here are like two sentences. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, what did I you think of Ant-Man? Right. Ant-Man Ant was fun. I know you fun, didn't right? like the first Ant-Man. You're all no, just like, I did. Dude, I don't like fun Dude, movies. Fun movies You're suck. totally wrong. I, it, I thoroughly enjoyed Ant-Man. I've never complained about that film. And then, and then uh, so you watched this one, huh? Yeah. And you I, did, you I didn't hate it. this one? Good. Yeah, I didn't hate this one. It was totally fun. I mean, it was a, oh. there was a little bit of too much comes. chasing shit around at the end. You kind of thought, okay, get to it. We we know what you're going to do. Get big, get small, do what you got to do. Let's have some <laughs> adventure. And there was kind of some chasing around of MacGuffins, not to be too spoilery. Yeah. But they, they, Are you, you going to complain that an ant couldn't really fly that fast, faster than a car? And no, it's, you, you, okay. you could have cut 10 minutes out of the end of that movie, and it wouldn't have lost anything. But other than that, I thought it was totally enjoyable. And I liked how it tied in at the end with what was going on with the Marvel Universe as a whole. Yes, that, that was, was very fucking good. great. Like it, it elevated it from just a fun movie to all right. Now we're exactly on point where we should be. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I like some really interesting stuff happened at the end of the film that ties it back in. So where are we going next? We got Captain Marvel and that's happening, which takes place, I guess, in the 80s before we get back to Avengers Infinity War Part Two or whatever it's called. Or whatever it's going to be called. So, yeah, uh, yeah no, I, I loved how where it, when it stopped, it stopped in exactly the right spot. However, the villain in the movie, uh, really, did they have to rip off Destiny to for that costume? Could they not have thought <laughs> right. of anything original? 
mean, wait, isn't that the box art for the game? What the shit? Yeah, couldn't couldn't uh, Peter Dinklage have done the voice since he's not doing <laughs> Destiny anymore? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, that was that was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and uh, what else? I didn't see it in the theater because I think it was you could actually rent it on Netflix while it was in the theater. And I hate to leave my house, but I watched Game Night. Which was which was so fun. It was just a very fun light movie, a tight script, everything like wrapped back around on itself, called back. All the actors did a great job. It had you know Jason Bateman and uh, the guy I can never think of his name is Jesse Lon Plemons, who plays the straight up dead eyed psycho in Fargo, Breaking in, Bad, I mean, in uh, Breaking Bad. And he's the captain of the ship in uh, that episode of Black Mirror. And he's the butcher in Fargo. He just, he, he played, he played the part of the, the neighbor uh, cop guy really well. I love, I love that guy because he scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a fun movie. I, I didn't think, I sort of saw it like I was trying to kill a couple hours before I had to meet Julie one day and it was on and I went and saw it. And I, I just thought it was, it was fun, but not super memorable. But it's totally good if you want to, you know, kill a couple hours, enjoy, laugh a little bit. It's fine for that. It's not going to change your world, but it was an entertaining film. But as far as TV is concerned, you know, I'm paying like $95 a month to watch Preacher. That's like the only (laughs) thing that I'm watching. Preacher's pretty fucking great right now. We just watched the latest one last night. It is just as crazy and over the top as you would expect. You don't know what that show is going to do next. And I read the fucking comic series. And you yeah. still don't know what it's going to do. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay, we're going to bring in God. Sure, why not? <laughs> okay. You know what's yeah. hilarious, though? That what? Preacher, the actor who plays Preacher, is the love interest in Mamma Mia. Yeah, that's great. I had no idea. Uh, I got taken to see Mamma Mia 2 this weekend by my wife, <laughs> like, yeah, you, you by my wife to, like, and daughter because my wife's cousin, uh, Jessica Keenan Wynn, is actually an actress in the film. So, you know, it's her first big break in a film, and uh, we wanted to support her, went and saw it. And uh, it's fun, but it's hilarious. it would be so great if at the end they finish an ABBA dance number and Jesse, like, uses the voice of God and tells them all to kill themselves or something. <laughs> <laughs> Cassidy starts drinking blood, ripping people's head off, tulips <laughs> shooting up the place. I was ready for it to go that way, and it never quite did. Maybe there'll be a director's cut. But... <laughs> Maybe. I wish. Anyway, speaking of really cool movies, have you heard of a film called Sorry to Bother You? Yes, and I've been I've been dying to see that film. I really want to see it because oh, so it looks to good. me like it's going to be as good as... Um, shit, no, I'm totally spacing on that movie. Being John Malkovich. Yeah, it just you seemed like, like it was going to have that what vibe. I thought of was, remember that film uh, How to Get Ahead in Advertising back in the mm-hmm. 80s? Or yeah. something like Fight Club, like these weird counterculture late night movies. This is one of those just in a nutshell. The main actor is uh, the guy who was in uh, Get Out who first got his brain sucked. Mm-hmm. And uh, he plays a telemarketer who he's just kind of down on his luck and he gets a job. And he, after a few weeks of it not working out for him, he gets told by another character played by Danny Glover who tells him, listen, you got to use your white voice. 
And so he starts using his white voice, which is uh, done by David Cross. And he started, he just starts making sale after sale after sale. He's killing it. And the world kind of opens up to him. At the same time, he's dating uh, his girlfriend is kind of a counterculture artist uh, played by Tessa Thompson from the last Thor movie. She was uh, Valkyrie, you might recall. Yeah. And uh, I do recall. Like, in the third act, the film just goes off the fucking hook. Totally unexpected, totally original, totally fun. The soundtrack is fantastic. It turns out that the guy... Uh, uh, Boots Riley, who wrote and directed the film, is also a rapper, and he's in a band called The Coup. And The Coup did the music for the film, and the music is just great. I'm totally going to pick up the soundtrack. So, like, everything about this movie is super fun and witty and original, and you've got to see it. It's really good. Right on. Yeah, good, because I fully intend on seeing this movie. Listen, though, like, when Julie and I went, there was about seven people in the theater. I don't think it's going to be around long, so get on it. Because, okay. you know, filmmaking this original should absolutely be rewarded. Rewarded and supported. Yeah, it was not playing in my fine city. It was playing all the way over in Sacramento. So I was waiting for it to come here to the local art house theater. I hope it does. But, yeah, it played at SIF this year. And we missed it at SIF. So I'm glad it was getting at least a small wide release. It was only in, like, three or four theaters around town in Seattle. Well, we got like one art house theater in this time in this town, so it'll it'll probably be there. Heck, it might be there now. So, what else is floating your boat, sir? Well, uh, let's see. Not playing a lot of games right now. I spent a lot of time in the last month um, designing some T-shirts, but um, I'm about to pick up. In fact, I'd I'd be buying it right now, but I don't want to suck down the bandwidth. I'm going to buy Enter the Gungeon. Uh, it's available, obviously, on PC, but it's also available on Xbox One, and it's like $7.50 right now. It's half off. Hmm. So I'm going to get that. It is. What uh, is that game? I haven't heard of it. My kid's been playing it off and on on, on the PC. You know, it's a two-stick shooter, roguelike, uh, I guess you could say, but it's it's just absolutely ridiculous, silly. You, you can shoot guns that have guns that shoot guns kind of thing. <laughs> Well, speaking of that, did you download Mother Gunship yet? I downloaded the, uh, you know, the beta, the little teaser, but I, I see that it's for sale now. It's 25 bucks, and I was waiting to talk to you to see how you liked it because I found the, um, I thought it was it was fun, but it just seemed like the camera was too close. Like I wanted to see more of the damn room around me. It, it was like. I wanted. I just wanted more screen. Especially if you fill the screen with the gun that you've made. Because <laughs> you can build, you can add like all these barrels and weapons and grenade launchers and shit to your gun. And so you can end up with like a 5x5 five five wall of gun in front of you. So you, it's pretty hard to see shit when you're, when you're firing. But, but yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that critique. Yeah, so I, I was thinking that might actually bug the living shit out of me if I played it for very long. So I, you I, need to spend $25 and then tell me whether or not I should, and then I'll wait for it to go I'm going to pick that game up because that scratches the itch for me that you always talk about is like, if you get off work, you want to just play a game for 10 minutes, you shoot something up. To me, yeah. that is like the perfect game to dip your toe into is just blast the shit out of a bunch of robots for 10 minutes. I, I think that's a really good candidate for that. Uh, yeah, mine is uh, Nuclear Throne for that. You know, another game uh, that I just picked up in the Steam Summer Sale is uh, Binding of Isaac. You know, speaking of roguelike shooters. 
And, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm enjoying that. That's pretty fun. I haven't gotten very far in it. I've only played it for like two hours, but uh, that's pretty interesting. It's kind of cool. Yeah, my youngest played that. Played the whole, all the way through. He really liked it. Is there an all the way through? Well, he said he finished the game. Maybe he said he was finished with the game. (laughs) Maybe. I wonder how many levels there are. Because, yeah, it's every time you die, when you come back, it's, it's a different map, so... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting I, I to see, you but but you do you do go down a level. You'll fight a boss, and then you'll go down a level each time. So maybe there's a finite number of levels, but it's roguelike in each individual level. I'll have to uh, investigate that more thoroughly when I speak with my son tomorrow. You know, I would like to talk about a pen and paper game real quick. All right. This year at Game Weekend, uh, I was treated to a game uh, created by Jun Sasaki called A Fake Artist Goes to New York. And I think that this is a game that you would be pretty interested in. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of a party game. And so the the conceit of the game is that you have somebody who's the game master who uh, decides a theme and a subject. And you'll have a group of people. It could be three, four, five, six, seven people. And... Each of them is going to get a little card with something to draw written on it. And one of the people is going to get a card with an X on it. So one of the people in the crowd is a fake artist. And so you hand a piece of paper around, and the the rules are you can draw one line without removing your pen from the paper, and then you have to give up the piece of paper. So you're passing it from person to person, and you go around twice, and each person is trying to draw a line to complete this piece of art, but they don't want to specifically give away what the art is to the person who's the fake artist. The fake artist is trying to figure out what the subject is so they can bluff when the second round is complete. Once the two rounds of art are complete, you have a a completed picture. And everybody points at who they think the fake artist is. And the hilarity ensues because sometimes the, the, it's something that is so on the nose, the fake artist is able to guess it right away. And other times, nobody has any idea, or even the people who aren't great artists don't really know how to convey because it's a subject like love or something like that that is hard to convey on a piece of paper. And so you think somebody who really knew what the fact was was the fake artist. It's super fun. We played it at Game Weekend, like I said. I bought a copy and took it to my parents' house, and we played it for like two hours and had just a wonderful time. And then we ended up ordering them a copy. It's only 20 bucks. It's a little box that comes with uh, little uh, erasable cards to hand out to everybody and some different colored marking pens. And uh, it's a totally fun game. I would highly recommend it. Uh, Fake Artist Goes to New York. Right on. I think you what you would like about it is you, you kind of enjoy like drawing prompts anyway. And so to have a game that's kind of built around that, plus the the angle of deception, is pretty fun. Yeah, I like deception. Anything else? I read a book, and uh, you know I'm up to like book forty six or whatever in the Horus Heresy. I'm not. I'm beginning to think that they may just be milking this whole thing for my money. <laughs> just now. Yeah, after I'm book forty six, so you're thinking that. Yeah, but uh, I read the Master of Mankind by Aaron. Uh, Dembski Bowden, and this is about the emperor himself. So finally, you get oh. some real emperor-centric uh, storyline, and um, 
it's it's never really from his perspective, but it's from the perspective of of some of those close to him, and you know he's he's actually speaking to them, and and it's it's about Magnus's folly in the uh, the aftermath of it after Magnus fucked shit up trying to teleport himself to the Emperor to give him a message, it, but massive massive battles with with titans and demons and you know all manner of of warfare going on within this this sort of a webway pseudo warp thing and it was a lot of fun it was nice to get the emperor's perspective and it was nice to read a book that actually really moved the whole story forward a good chunk yeah you've been you've been mentioning that for a while that it was when the when's it gonna get there yeah can we please but then you know what i look got like okay so i'm i'm several books behind now i'm no longer even close to caught up and <laughs> like i don't think there really is an end They're, they've got a, like the next eight books uh, titled and, and with published dates and everything and none of them says the final episode of or the penultimate or huh. not yeah none of that i think i think once gordon runs out of money that's when the series <laughs> ends is magnus in the anal lesions <laughs> yes <laughs> because he is the one eyed uh, oh the alpha legion I'm sorry I, I mispronounced yeah, that I think it's yeah I know he's, he's the thousand sons but he is the cyclops <laughs> in illusions that too well that's about all I've got man well that's about all I've got are we gonna let's wrap this shit up let's wrap this up Thank yous. Uh, once again, we'd like to thank Shubzilla and Bill Beats for joining us on the show. Again, you can find their music at noirgrime.com or noirgrime.bandcamp.com. Throw them a couple of bucks. They'll love you for it. Uh, again, uh, our usual bullshit. You can contact the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. New content on bonehand.com every once in a while. It's also the home of the Heavy Half Hour. And you can find my stuff at MightyWombat.com. Usually doing a cartoon every week, but like cartoons. I said, I've not been doing cartoons lately. No cartoons. Uh, no cartoons for you. you. Yeah. I got a sticker, want... though. Everybody else can eat a dick. <laughs> eat a dicker. I got a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's Thank what you I for do. the sticker, man. That was awesome. Oh, you're welcome. I'm, I don't I'm know glad. what to put my holder on. Might be holder. Yeah. It should be holder on something. <laughs> be holder on your shoulder. I had a had a uh, store say they wanted me to make them a company T-shirt, like for their employees to wear, like all the time. And so I had to put a lot of kind of time and thought and effort and make a lot of things that I subsequently threw away um, before I came to a design that I thought was pretty cool. Well, you're the right choice. You do put the come in company. <laughs> that's so I've been told that's why I so rarely have company anymore I guess <laughs> <laughs> they're full what mightywombat.com <laughs> go there I don't know something might happen or you can find me on Facebook and we have a Facebook phone bat thingamabob too you can do us there we do don't look uh, for me on Twitter though because fuck that shit we, you can follow me on Twitter though I'm Bonehand over there we also have a Bonebat Twitter feed where we will often post information about our various endeavors including the Bonebat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival yeah 
Let's see. Uh, thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Uh, for those of you who might be interested, uh, my band, Social Media, uh, is going to have a couple of live public gigs before the end of the year. So uh, if you are interested in hearing uh, entertaining covers played poorly, you can check out Social Media on Facebook and uh, get the goods about when we'll be playing next. All right, then. Cool. Speaking of playing next, I got one last tune for you. Taken from Boomers Volume 2. Shubzilla, Bill Beats, Noir Grime Records. This is called Sound of the Beast. I hope you dig it. Once again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. Yeah. What are you doing, Gordy? I'm getting a beep drink. 
I'm drinking a bleep drink. I gotta drink a beep drink. Is that a big fucking swing? Oh, that was delicious. I think I dribbled a little. Mm. What is wrong with us?